One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. <laughs> Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with the best bits of this afternoon's show. Andy... What do we like today? Well, we, uh, we had a chat, as we often do. Uh, we spoke to Keith Elliott. He's got a very interesting theory about golf. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting, man. Yes, and nappies. You'll hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> Declan McKenna, the singer. He was a good bloke. Nice bloke, yeah. yeah. Uh, Martin Kellner on uh, Tyson and the Shark, mm. which was fun. And uh, River Football, which yeah. does exist. Uh, the traditional game played every year for over 100 years. So here it all is. <laughs> Faultless, Andy, faultless. Fantastic. No, I don't know, actually, it wasn't. I called Ebony Rainford Brent Rainsford Brent. Oh, OK. Fair enough. Well, you, no, I was you... disappointed with myself. Deconstructing your own work? Now. Well, you know. So, uh, <laughs> what a winner this... Uh, I mean, the real winner, I'd say, in the Lionel Messi story has been uh, has been an old mate Gary Cottrell from Sky. It's because every time I look weeks. up, his hands <laughs> looking better. <laughs> and looking like <laughs> Judith Chalmers now, old Gary. He's had a <laughs> fantastic him. couple of weeks out there <laughs> where nothing's really happening. I bet he's keeping. He keeps saying it could be today. Keep me yeah, out here for another day. It could be today. I just order some more octopus in its own ink from the tapas bar, Gary. <laughs> yeah. Good afternoon. We know he listens. Although no, he's on telly live. He's not listening now. Not listening anyway, now, it's unlikely. <laughs> he's got an earpiece in. No one's that big a fan. Uh, seven minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. I watched the uh, Germany-Spain game last night. Oh, wow, so, uh, that's good. Well, I was doing a bit of scouting, you know, for Timo Werner. I was hoping Havertz would come on. Yeah. And uh, uh, he came on after the Havertz, didn't he? <laughs> no, he didn't come on at all. Oh, okay, unfortunately. I wasted. I'm not going to get tired. Don't you do realise yeah, that? Don't you? I wasted. I tell you, I am tired though. What? The saga of Havertz joining Chelsea. <laughs> no, he's joined. Is it's he walking done. down? He's walking down the uh, the done. gangplank don't worry at the about moment. It. Yeah, it's, it's done. Cool, blimey. Yeah, but uh, I I wasted uh, about 15 minutes trying to come up with a song for him based on the old Honeycombs hit. Have I the right? <laughs> Have a, you know, etc. It doesn't there's really work, a, does it? Well, it sort of works, but it was difficult. There's even a version. I thought, oh, well, that's a bit old school. I'll see if there's a there's a version by the Dead Kennedys. And it's <laughs> okay, about, it's well, about it's a, double the speed of the old honeycombs. You don't cones. normally go to the Dead Kennedys for uh, for your football chance. <laughs> no, yeah, no. yeah. And talking of music, uh, German manager Yogi Löw yeah. must have. Oh, the way you said that sounded like Ray Stubbs on the. Was really, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. He, he must have missed the close down of musical theatre because he had a revival of Fame plan, plan before the. Virus oh, is that right? Yeah, he always looks like a choreographer. Oh, I'm with you, yeah. Um, yeah, he does. The um, I was just thinking, though, if you want a song for Kai Havertz, yeah. you, rather than working with a surname, which is a bit unwieldy, yeah. surely it's Mary Wells, isn't it? Nothing you can say could take me away from my Kai. And then uh, oh, yeah. the other end, the Matthew Harding goes, my Kai, my yeah, that Kai. Yeah, that works. That Thank you very much. Yeah, I'll try that. Okay. Well, if we ever get back there. You kick it off, <laughs> and You stand up amongst Jimmy and all the, yeah. the Herberts that you yeah. stand I'll with be, and, and start singing I'll be my about Guy. Five 
five yards, for, no, about six metres away from them, but that's all right. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Uh, when the ball went out last night, mm. as usual, another one was immediately available. And I was mm. thinking in cricket, when the ball goes into the stand, yeah. the players have to climb up and fetch it, and it wastes so much time. Yeah, but the ball has much more importance in cricket yeah, than I know, it but does, why don't they have it? a COVID-tested kids to be ball boys in the stands, you know, with gloves and moss? They can just chuck it back and save it hours, I think. Okay, but as I said, the idea of the the ball in football is it's not yeah. important, but a ball in cricket. Is. Imagine in Test well, cricket every time it went into the crowd, someone it was a multi-ball system. Mm. You'd have to bring a box out, <laughs> and they have to stand there looking at the box for yeah, five they have to minutes. Wear a like helmet when they get them back. Ferrero Rocher advert. It's not going to work in cricket. And uh, uh, Timo Werner, that was a good goal by him. So yeah. got a Chelsea fans uh, excited. You should be very hopeful. Oh, I yeah. think I think the business you've done and the players you already had, and you should, yeah. I think you should be incredible. When you saw when you saw Rudiger, though, you're less hopeful. I mean. Oh, he's poor, really. I don't think. I think he needs to move on because mm. I think it's you know it's not quite right for him there. But uh, he was yeah. very good for you at one point, though. Yeah, wasn't he, he was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Timo Werner though does look like uh, my wife's cousin Derek Friedman. <laughs> does he you know brain. that? Uh, yes, because you'll I'm be sure to him. tell him when he's a guest on this show. Much <laughs> like you, uh, Adil Chapman, very dire about living by level. He's actually uh, the technical director for EA Sports he, on FIFA. He's got a really high power. He lives in Vancouver. Really. Mm. And what about that? Yeah, but he looks, job. Like, it looks a lot like Timo Werner. Yeah. Can we get a picture of both of them? So well, I, yeah, I can, yeah. Oh, that's I've good. I've got a picture of Derek. I'll let okay. you see that. There I take is. it on that basis. Yeah. Yes, I mean, that's a little bit older now. He's nearly picture 40. Picture of Derek there. You know. I, yeah, I, I can see but when that. he was younger. I can see yeah. I can see uh, Derek there. He plays for a football team in Vancouver, does he? Yeah. See he's, he's oh, yeah. No, he coaches out. them and plays for them. And, uh, yeah. It's just ten things, or at least one thing you didn't know about Derek. What's his surname? Derek Friedman. Derek Friedman. I mean, every oh. time you play FIFA, you want to thank Derek for his technical work. Yeah, I bet Timo Werner looks really great on FIFA, doesn't he? <laughs> I bet they do extra touching up on him <laughs> yeah, on the do. system. He so looks, he looks film tremendous. star good looks. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Anything else? Uh, yes. I know you uh, didn't have much today, Andy. You no, told well, me, I did. It was quite tricky. But yeah. uh, yes, surprise, surprise here. A survey from a water company, Evian, says we're not drinking enough water. <laughs> Who would have thought it? Yeah. So that was good. Uh, there was a, oh, yes, it's National Fish and Chip Day today. Oh, as yeah. all the newspapers have gone about, gone on about it, but mm. of course everyone will have forgotten about it tomorrow. Well, it would be a fr- oh, there. It would be a Friday. It would be a Friday, wouldn't it? <laughs> Why has everybody forgotten about it tomorrow? Tomorrow's fish and chip paper. Oh, yeah. okay. oh, oh it's, you know, it's almost on. so clever. It needed explaining. <laughs> it did need yeah. explaining. <laughs> it did need. It wasn't enough just to it leave it there. Good. We'll workshop that one later. <laughs> now we could ask the listeners: Have you ever called upon the services of a former sports star? Because uh, the former Spurs and Bolton defender Goodney Bergson. Is uh, apart he's from now, being, yeah, he's yeah. got a good job, isn't he? At Iceland. Well, he's the uh, yeah. He's, I think he's. I think he just stacks the shelves there. <laughs> no, but no, he doesn't. Good. He is a. Um, he's the president of the Icelandic FA. He's mm. old Goodney. Yeah. Um, but he's also a lawyer, and he actually told quite a harrowing story. Of, mm. There was an attack in his office. Um, one of his colleagues. There was some dispute over somebody they had some business with, and he attacked really? his colleague. And Goodney stepped in Gosh. and got stabbed. It was terrible. Oh, but anyway, goodness, I didn't know that. He's okay, and as is his colleague. Thankfully, yeah. well, that was a bit of a nasty incident. But it did. Uh, that, that, that's not taking us anywhere, obviously. But what does is potentially going into uh, being a Tottenham fan in in Iceland. Mm. One of the chances, or indeed uh, a Bolton fan in Iceland, uh, having a slip, trip, or fall at work. And then calling on the Goodness services of Bergson, Bergson, and Bergson, <laughs> and then going into the office yeah, and going, "Yeah, it could work." Hang on, why not? You're uh, 
You're Goodney Bergson, the former Spurs and uh, Bolton player. And I have to mention before, our old mate Harry Healy joins us on the show. When he was on the cusp of hmm. still working in hospitals as a doctor and, of course, um, still w- working the circuit, yeah. he, he went in to see a patient in A&E and uh, somebody said, hang on, you're not touching me. I saw you on stage at the... <laughs> Junglers I thought you were going to say he went into A and E and he said it was Goodney Bergs. No, it wasn't Goodney Bergs. That would be too much of a coincidence. But it, no, it just you know this is yeah. the thing. So calling oh, on it's incredible calling on the services uh, of of uh, the stars mm. after they've stopped playing sport. Ideally, sport would be better. So in yeah. in, a, in a later life, maybe you've popped into a shop. Didn't Duncan McKenzie, the old uh, Everton Leeds player, have a fruit and veg shop or a news agent or something like I think that? Fruit and veg. It'd be a bit yeah. of a shot, wouldn't it? You go mm. and you want to buy yourself half a pound oh, yeah. of plums, and there's Duncan <laughs> still jumping over minis outside his shop. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Me and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Fletch giving us the PFA uh, list there. Have you, have you ever been to the PFA do? No. I've um, only ever been once. Mm. Well, obviously, we go to the football writers every yeah. year, but um, the PFA players do is quite interesting. It's quite a good people watching, good player watching thing. Because the, the year I went, this is when Mill were in the Premier League, the top division, of course, and um, they, oh, it might have even been the first division then. <laughs> The, the old first yeah, division. I don't think Millwall. Mill, they've never been in the Premier League, have they? That's, yeah, they, 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 yeah, they were. They must have been in the old. It must have been the old first. Millwall division. fans will be going mad now. Yeah, yeah, of they were. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, well, they, they had a good win that day. Or a good draw that day. They came back to have a very. Good, it was the kind of Keith Stevens era, etc. Yeah. And uh, uh, Casey Keller was in goal. It must have been the first division. Casey Keller was in goal, and. Um, they got on it, and but C- Casey was quite a sort of serious fella. He sat there and he had a big pair of glasses on, and uh, he watched it all go off around him as they properly got Larry at this table, the little Millwalls. It's a surprise, isn't it? Really, it is and also the, all the Manchester United players were there with uh, Sir Alex at the front of them, all the Paul Scholes and all of them there, and they were get, they were getting a, a little bit rowdier than he wanted during one of the speeches uh, that was going on from a, a sort of a venerable player. And he turned around and gave him a filthy look and they proceeded to make faces behind his back for the next 10 minutes like schoolboys. <laughs> so uh, if you ever get invited, it, it's it's interesting. I'd love to say what happens in the room stays in the room, but clearly not, no. as you've just discovered. But that was a long time ago. It does look like they've never been in the Premier League. No, it must. It was the old first old division. First it was the old first division, yeah. division because, uh, yeah, I remember Gaza being clapped off uh, oh. at the den after really? a five, we beat them 5 0, and they were uh, they just thought, well, fair play, that was brilliant. Yeah, it was a nice touch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the nappy factor, shall we? Yeah. This is a bit of a phenomenon. New dads in sport, in this case, we're talking about golf. And uh, the positive effect it can have, which kind of flies in the face of logic, really, when you consider uh, all the things that are going to be in a new dad, you know, mm. the, uh, sleep deprivation, etc. General worry. But then again, it can take the focus off you and put you, change your life perspective. Well, let's find mm. out why it works so often. Uh, Keith Elliott, economist, golf betting analyst, it's his theory. Good afternoon, Keith. Good afternoon. It's strange, isn't it, this? It's strange, as I said, because everything would tell you uh, that, that this is not going to be good for you. You know, it's like Danny, Danny Willett, for example. You know, you're thinking, well, he's a new dad. He's going to be tired. He's going to be, um, his mind's not going to be on the job. And there he goes. He, he goes and wins the Masters. That was four years ago, and you've just hit the nail on the head. His mind wasn't on the job. That's an advantage in golf often. It sounds odd. But when you think golf is an individual game and above all games, it's a mental game. 
70% of the time you're playing golf, you're just walking along, doing nothing, apart from chatting with your caddy or thinking, thinking, thinking. And in those moments, you can start beating yourself up mentally. You can be thinking about the last put you missed and the poor bunker shot before that. And, and all that goes. If you take, at the moment, the world's number one, Dustin Johnson, he became a dad for the first time in 2015. My perspective on life completely changed. That's what he said. Golf was put in its place. And that's the key. And since then, he's won 15 times and he's now the top player on the planet. Now, Rory McIlroy's not a bad player either, and he's just had a baby, and he's about to play in a big tournament. So would that, as from a betting point of view, obviously responsibly, would that mean he might be worth a little punt? Well, I'm, I'm not sure about the exact circumstances of what has happened, but I received a letter the other day, or an email the other day, basically saying that um, his wife was going to go uh, into labour and all the rest of it. And he knew this was going to happen, so he will be more relaxed. He's quoted today as saying, he's, why am I so lucky? He Because he's got money, he's got all the other things. But what he hasn't got yet is that one title to make him historically a world-class player f forever. He needs the U.S. Masters, and that's coming up in November. And that's the tournament he wants to win above all else. And I think this will give him an extra chance to relax um, it just alters the perspective you have on a lot of things. And if I can just mention one of the golfer, Bryson DeChambeau, you might have heard of this guy, who's yes, a yeah. mad scientist. He was so in interested in this, he made a percentage win rate on the US tour for new fathers to see whether it was true. And he found genuinely that the percentage win rate was abnormally high. And he then spoke to a guy... Andrew Landry, and he had his first win a week after his first child, Brooks, was born, and that was in January this year. So there's mounting evidence, not just from particulars over the year like Danny Willis, but from a top golfer in America. He's world-ranked number eight, Bryson DeChambeau, and he knows by the research he's done that what I've been saying for 25 years is actually true. Yeah, I think yeah. that you use that word there, perspective, and I think that's key, isn't it? You know, you're yeah. probably thinking you've just witnessed one of the great miracles of life, and you, you, you know, you're, 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 you're very excited. You've just become a dad, and you think, well, what's the worst going to happen? I could lose a game of golf, and suddenly yeah. all that tension dissipates, doesn't it? I think that's the key thing, and of course, it's an individual game, and I've been arguing for three, four decades that it's the ultimate mental game, and in you can remember twenty five, thirty years ago. If you argued that, you know, men needed mental assistance anywhere, you'd be laughed out of court. Mm. No, pull yourself together, all this sort of old-fashioned stuff. Now you can't name a player on the planet or a top team that doesn't have uh, psychological help and uh, mental skills experts helping them. And what we now realise in golf is that that is the key. That can turn technically a good player into a winning player. What about other sports, though? I mean, like football. I mean, we've seen famously Romario. I think he started that uh, baby thing, didn't he? Or Bebeto. Was it? I can't remember which one it was in the 94 World Cup that had a baby and then he did that baby celebration that they all do now after they've scored. Bebeto, yeah. yeah. 
I think that baby celebration, that's a great point. It just shows you how important it is because they plan that during the week or whenever they do it. I mean, I heard you before talking um, about examples of things. But if you take um, Wayne Rooney, the 2009-10 season, his first son, Kai Wayne, that was his name, came along. And if you go through that season, that was his best ever season by a country mile. He scored 33 in 43 games, and Alex Ferguson called him a terror. And if you want one other one, which I always find amazing, we're talking now about an FA Cup um, round one game in 2014 when a 25-year-old called Craig Mahan, he was playing for Chester, and the night before, no kids, his wife gave birth to twins. And she said, when he asked afterwards, just after the birth, should I play tomorrow? I'll, I'll stay. No, you must play. And he went, and would you believe he scored the winning goal against Southend with his left foot as a winger after a 200-mile round trip. And that's the best example I can find with Wayne Rooney of football being affected by the nappy factor as well. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From Talksport. Talks me and Jacobs here on Talksport. Now, as you're probably aware, we love to turn to the traditional games of, of all sports, not just football, that are played uh, around mm. this uh, this beautiful nation of ours, and uh, that includes um, one that's normally played every August Bank Holiday. Borton on the water, uh, play the the river football. But mm. uh, because of uh, the virus, um, that was slightly delayed, but it was played, I think, last week, uh, albeit with an earlier kickoff. Yes. <laughs> the 7 a.m. kickoff, which is not the traditional kickoff time, but there was reasons for it. Um, joining us now, the director of football at Borton Rovers. Wow. Uh, Jack, Who knew? Jack Galpin. Good afternoon, Jack. Good afternoon. It's a bit top heavy as a structure. I mean, I, I, there's, there's Premier League clubs haven't got a director of football. <laughs> <laughs> very, 
It's a very fancy title for someone <laughs> yeah. who does a little bit around the club, I think. Oh, it's no, good. But the lifeblood, I think. Yeah, of course. It's an important game. role. Yeah, Don't definitely. do yourself down. So uh, how long has the, the river football tradition been going on? So I think yeah, the tradition's been going for about 100 years, and I think we, we were just so determined that with everything that's going on that it was a tradition we wanted to, to keep going for another year and not let it kind of have a year away from it. And so it, the, where it's played is, is interesting because the water, you know, people might think, oh, it's a bit deep, but it's not. There's a stretch of the River Windrush where the water is ankle deep, so it allows you to play this probably quite interesting game. It, it's a very interesting game. I think it's very loosely football. I think <laughs> yeah. the, the refereeing, it's quite an interesting one and you let quite a lot go. But, yeah, with it being shallow, there, there's an, enough water in there that it makes it uncomfortable, but it makes for a good game and a good spectacle. Is it the same two teams that contest it uh, every year? Or? So we, we, we're kind of very fortunate that we've got a, a big group of players and quite, kind of quite a big group who want to play in it every year. So the, the teams kind of change every year. Normally it's a first versus second type game. However, this year changed it slightly and it was it was old versus young. Right. I think that showed in the last kind of five minutes that the young <laughs> lads were on the offensive for I think most of the last part of the game. I'm looking at the pictures of the players here. Most are in kits. Some seem to be in comedy wigs. One looks like he's in a dress. Mm. And there's Batman and Robin. So it sounds like you don't take it that seriously. No. So the one in a dress is actually myself. Oh, right. So okay. <laughs> has it that the referee of the game was dressed up as a woman. That's um, oh, right. as long oh, yeah, as I can lovely, remember yeah. playing and watching the game. So that's been my role for kind of the last four or five years. Okay, and what? Mm. Where, where did the, the, the what started it back uh, sort of hundred years ago? Do you, do you know the history of it from that point? So, of view? reportedly, the story was that uh, there's a pub next door, and um, a group of lads who had been playing football kind of had had a, a couple of drinks, I think, and decided that they wanted to get in the river and kick a football about. And from there, it's kind of grown into what it is today. Okay, can never be called off for being waterlogged pitch. Well, you can, <laughs> I suppose you could have if it's a non-waterlogged pitch. Have you, has it, ever, has yeah. it ever dried out? Have you ever had that situation where there's no water in it? No, there's always been enough in there. It, normally, if anything, it's, I'd, I'd be wanting to call it off for being too cold. <laughs> so it's normally Especially August Bank Holiday yeah. and the 7 o'clock kick-off this time was to stop because you normally get a decent yeah, crowd a decent out, crowd on understandably, yeah, and people come into it. Come into the town to watch, but you didn't. You know, we didn't want that happening at the moment. No, the the big thing was was around safety, and whilst we wanted to keep tradition going, we had to be realistic. Um, so, yeah, moving that to seven a.m. allowed for a small kind of group of locals and people involved with the club to still come down and watch, um, but we weren't. Yeah, going to get kind of the the thousand, two thousand people who are normally around Borton during the day and and stay to watch the game. Do you get like pitch invaders? Mm. You get people jumping in and stuff normally when you have a, a normal crowd. No, normally they're quite well behaved. To be fair, I've not had not had anyone jump in. I think they're more trying to stay away from the players running around splashing them. If I'm honest, so they tend to stay further back. What about the, uh, the the football club itself playing in a normal way? Have you have you resumed playing? Have you started your season? Uh, so this first team have got a friendly this evening and then the season proper for them starts on the 15th of September uh, with two other teams uh, playing games later on in the month. Uh, but we've had a very, very busy pre-season. I think we've probably had 14 games across three teams. Uh, all very different in scenario now with all kind of the, the COVID regulations that have been undertaken. But 
yeah, we, we've recruited well and I've got a really good group this year. So looking forward to a, to a good season. Hmm. What are the main differences when you talk about that from last year before pre-COVID and now? What are you having to do I suppose, in terms of changing rooms and stuff like that? Yeah, so changing rooms are very much on a, I think we're operating a six in, six out system uh, for both home and away teams uh, to try and ensure that they're spacing. Uh, the showers can't be used post-games. Uh, the ball needs to be sanitised during the half. Uh, players and fans are expected to uh, be, have track and trace done and hand sanitised as they arrive at the ground. Uh, there's a one-way system through the clubhouse. So, yeah, a lot of changes. And it's been great to see the lads both on board and the club adapting to to kind of meet those regulations that we have to in order to be playing football. And I, I don't know if you've got like a, a sort of bar clubhouse, etc. Are you able to open that? Because obviously that sort of thing is sort of the lifeblood of the club, isn't it? It brings some money yeah. in. It is. Fortunately, the, the chairman and senior people within the club have been really good at, at making the club accessible and outlining a, a one-way system, putting uh, restrictions in place on how many people can be inside. We've had screens go up in front of the bar. Uh, so the, the club's been superb with allowing that and, and kind of facilitating us the ability to just go out and play football again. Yeah. So Brilliant. finally, what was the score this year in the, the football? Uh, the it's, be, it's always 1-0, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it high there's score? No, there's normally goals. Right. Yeah. Um, so it finished 2-all this year. Mm. So the, the older guys went 1-0 up um, and then the young lads got it back, but a late goal for kind of the old lads brought it back to 2-2 uh, and then they held on for five minutes with a string of good saves from the, from the older team's keeper. Oh, keeper, I mean, keepers, uh, pitches I'm looking at, no, sort of just wearing shorts. I mean, I know, okay, it's quite shallow water, heavy on the heavy on the legs, I think, if you're diving around from the keeper's point of view. It's, it's not the place that I would want to play. Um, <laughs> it's mainly the amount of times the ball leaves the river, so you're constantly dealing with long throws into the box hmm. uh, and, and kind of people bundling in and around you. Um, that's normally how the goals are scored. It's very rare that you see a strike find the top corner. It's very much a, a little bit of hustle and bustle in the box and, and yeah. someone kind of, yeah, just manages to nudge the ball over the line. Although I think probably I've seen one of the be better goals I've seen in the river this weekend. Uh, one of the lads managed to somehow dig one out from about 10 yards and find the corner, which was quite impressive. Beautiful. And who supplied your dress? It's rather fetching. <laughs> You're interested, Andy. I used to get the missus one. <laughs> uh, I, just, I just go out and buy one every year. That, that and a wig normally, normally does the job every year. Good stuff. Excellent. Well Thank done. you, Jack. Good well to talk done, to you. Brilliant. No problem at all. Thanks very much for the time. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Me and Jacobs here on TalkSport. That's uh, Declan McKenna, his new single from uh, his new album. And the song is called Daniel, You're Still a Child. Uh, Daniel likes his football. If you've seen it, uh, went a bit, I think he went a bit viral yeah. on Soccer AM with a song. You mean of, Declan? Sorry, Daniel. Yeah, sorry, it's the song. <laughs> Declan, do apologise. Uh, yeah. He went a bit viral on. Uh, I know. Yeah, for uh, you've seen it. Have you I seen it? Seen it? Yeah, yeah, it's quite a tidy finish, wasn't it? It's the a end bit of a the gas poet. It was, hmm. yeah. Sorry, Declan. Good afternoon. How are you doing? <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm doing well. How too, are you? too many names in the song. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, look, uh, good to talk to you. Um, it's got a bit of a sort of seventies feel. Were you, you? Did you sort of soak a lot of that up, sort of through your folks or whatever? What was the music you listened to growing up? A lot of different stuff growing up, really. I mean, yeah, it's big seventies influence in my music. Generally, like a lot of artists I listen to now. But I grew up, I grew up on you know a lot of classic rock, a lot of like the Beatles and. Mm. My dad's favourite band is Wishbone Ash, and then my mum has oh. all sorts of 80s music that was influencing me there as well a lot of the time. And, um, you know, a, a big mix of stuff. But the 70s on this record in particular was an era of which I was picking a lot of records from, you know, Dylan Records and Bowie Records and T-Rex and Kate Bush and stuff. Um, all, all, all that was sort of very much what I was diving into. I love the idea mm. that Wishbone Ash, it was good to hear that. I love yeah, the idea yeah. that at the end of a gig, you might do a sort of 10-minute blow, sort of blow him free. <laughs> that was just, just very great. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Lyric, um, oh, go on. Go on, no, yeah, I've thought, I've thought of doing something like that. My dad's birthday or something, playing that. Blow him free, he used to always play when I was younger on the guitar. And, yeah. Uh, I kind of, I almost think of it as my dad's song sometimes. Great, <laughs> great that song. I, yeah, that's, that's I sweet. I mean, lyrically, this is a very interesting song, isn't it? I mean, it's it's pretty current i think i'd like to think so yeah I, I kind of you know was diving into a lot of different ideas and sort of te- telling a story and letting it travel and having as you say the characters daniel and 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 you know really um having something that could be both kind of direct and kind of abstract at the same time um but yeah it's, it's fun it's fun to make you know it's, it's a really really enjoyable sort of experience recording it one of your previous songs <clears throat> was about the 2014 World Cup, which is not obvious, obvious sort of lyrical material mm. for a, a, a young singer-songwriter, is it? Brazil. Yeah. I Yeah, I was kind of picking out um, stuff that I would, you know, little nuggets that I was finding online about sort of corruption around the, the World Cup at the time. So just sort of before the World Cup, I was like, what, 15 when I wrote that tune and... Yeah, just kind of turned it into this whole thing, similar to what I do now. But like it was, it was a strange choice, but to me at the time, it was just what I did. No one was listening to my music, so it didn't really matter. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I just I wound up kind of making, you know, carrying that on and finding new ways to do that and just mm. vocalise stuff that, um, you know, little again little nuggets of information that I find or little things that I've experienced or you know whatever you know it could be the biggest or smallest thing in the world and. Yeah, Brazil was kind of one of those weird, weird ones where it was yeah. quite niche subject matter, but it ended up being pretty much still is my biggest song. Like, yeah, you, you, I mean, you say you, you wrote that song at fifteen. You're, you're sort of only what twenty one now. I mean, so how how did you how did you get noticed initially? Was it a kind of YouTube presence? Is that how you built a following? How did that all work out? Um, it, I kind of started. I. I, I'd, I'd been releasing music online for a while and then I got in contact with a producer called Max who was just at university and we started recording at his university halls and then we we, were, we did Brazil and I was just kind of trying to, yeah, get it out there. I did a music video with some of my friends and did, um, was just sending it to festivals and things. The thing that kind of seemed to spark it, I think it was a few different things, but um, was like, do apply. I, I used to apply to play at all sorts of festivals just you know kind of chanting it see if they would let me do it and the one that accepted was the Glastonbury Emerging Talent Competition which I went on to win and mm. I don't think it was that itself it was more like the sort of preliminary rounds kind of got people talking like someone kind of spread the word and it went from there about you know 
my music and my age a lot of the time as well. And uh, yeah, ended up ended up kind of just I don't know having a weird sort of time. I was chatting with loads of sort of people in the music industry and stuff, and it all just seemed to go from there. It just kind of spiraled. It's hard yeah. to know what what came before what, but um, yeah, it all went from that point really with Brazil. We've we've watched the soccer AM, uh, and you probably heard us talking about it as, as we introduced you. But uh, yeah, we've yeah, watched yeah. that little video, and uh, presumably, I mean, you obviously you, you can't do that unless you can play football. So, do, do you play on a regular basis? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I used to, especially when I was young. I played played for the football team until I was probably fourteen, fifteen um, every weekend. Like, and yeah, kind of grown grown up, you know, um, playing football a lot and just. It, in big sort of, sorry I'm getting cold um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah just kind of playing but playing football I played for like local team and that and I, I wasn't you know not not exactly the most spectacular player but I was I could be I could be a sort of smart striker sometimes that's what I ended up being anyway was a striker hmm. so um, got a little bit lucky with that free kick on uh, on soccer <laughs> but it, was, it was quite a spectacle yeah it looked good yeah, uh, are you uh, you're, a, you're a Spurs fan I understand is that right yeah have you have you caught all or nothing yet the old Amazon Prime series I, no, I haven't. I'm I, I'm excited to watch it. Though. Oh, it's good. Mm. Even even it? if you're not a Spurs fan, it's good. Yeah, yeah even just to, it's the shock of hearing Harry Kane swear. Really, is if 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 nothing else. Really. <laughs> right. Yeah, just, yeah I'm excited. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff you don't you don't normally see. I like the you know the Sunderland until I died that documentary. I, yeah, I, I yeah. got quite into. Quite interesting. It seems like every time a team takes up something like that, it just results in disaster. But um, I, I, you know, we didn't we didn't have the most disastrous season I've ever witnessed Spurs have. Mm. So it's you know yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see. Oh, no, we've, had, we've had much worse than that, certainly. The um, so the new <laughs> album, how how does it differ from the first? So what how's it musically? How, how's it, if I take it, you've developed a couple of years on, three years on, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I spent uh, you know I spent more time thinking about it as a record when I was making the first album. As I say, stuff was just kind of spiraling into you know each other, and um, I kind of wound up with an album just kind of from writing songs constantly and recording whenever I had time to. This is more you know considered, and I had more time and. More confidence as well. So went out to Nashville and recorded it and brought my band with me. And we kind of, wow. the whole point was to do these songs in a really live and raw context and um, then sort of play with them from there with more sort of digital tools that we have at our disposal these days. And um, yeah, it was fun. You know, it was just, it, I hadn't done that on the first album, you know, recorded everything at the same time with a band. Mm. Um and it definitely just gives a whole new energy to the record and it just is so much more direct, I think, than the first album. So, okay. yeah, I'm really, really, really happy with it, really proud of it. It's taken, you know, we recorded it last August. It's taken over a year since we recorded it to get it out. But right. finally, the day is here. Yeah, it is today, isn't it? It comes mm-hmm. out the day, yeah. yeah. And you've got yeah. a mini tour lined up from the 26th of March to the 7th Fingers of May. Crossed, Fingers yeah. crossed, absolutely. I mean, we just yeah. don't know, do we? But, I mean, you've got to plan these things as if you, you can go ahead with it. Well, yeah. I mean, we're just we're just you know hoping to um, get in there as soon as it's safe to do so. And yeah, March is kind of yeah uh, the, the time that we got booked for our tour. It's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it, as I say, everything's a little bit has a bit of a question mark on it in the minute. But um, I'm you know I'm just kind of going ahead with the hopes that next year we'll be back to touring at least at some point and back to the festivals and all of that because it's been a bit. Uh, 
miserable, you know, sort of releasing sure. record and not having any of that stuff to do. It's just like it takes yeah. away a bit of the bit of the feel to it, you know. Well, we wish you well with the album and the, mm. and the single. Uh, good to talk to you. Continue success. All the best. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Of course, that music signals uh, the arrival. We missed him last week, didn't we? It feels like ages for some reason. It does. Uh, It is Martin Kellner with a week of sport on TV. Good afternoon, Martin. Afternoon, boys. You well? Well, we're just looking at our monitors and uh, Sky News reporting that the Shadow Cabinet Office Minister, Rachel Reeves, has said Leeds is an area of concern Mm. after a rise in COVID-19 cases. We Mm. we, we hope you're not locked down, Martin. No, I've washed my hands, boys. Oh, well, that's, well, that's all right. That, I think they've just, ta- they've just taken that ticker off. So now that Martin Kellner washes hands, no longer area of concern. Yeah, we're fine now. Yeah, we're right. That's all good news. Now, Martin, I, I watched... Uh, well, I say what, I didn't get to the end of it because it was... No. Uh, it was basically... Mike Tyson versus Jaws. It was, uh, I think, National Geographic or Discovery show. On Discovery. Discovery. Yeah. Mike Tyson mm. uh, goes um, shark hunting. Well, not yeah, hunting, it, but he, it's no. a conservationist thing, wasn't yeah. it? Well, it was rather oversold, to it, be honest. It really <laughs> was, wasn't it? It really was. <laughs> Tyson versus Jaws, the rumble on the reef, which sort of gave you the impression <laughs> that uh, Mike Tyson would be fighting a shark. Yeah, punching the shark. That's well, right. Yeah. No, no, no. Not like no, Paul <laughs> None of that. No, 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 Paul Sykes. He wasn't punching the shark. But, of course, we never expected he would. But it was, a, it was a real Swiss because, basically, what he did was he did what wildlife photographers do. Yeah. Basically, if they want to film sharks underwater, they put the sharks in a catatonic trance. Mm. So, basically, they have to... You have to... T- there has to be some contact. You have to touch the sort of snout of the shark. Yeah. Uh, and I'll give you the exact just in case people want to try this i'll give you the exact technical uh, details of this you overstimulate <laughs> to try this <laughs> yes yeah what putting a shark into a catatonic state yeah yeah, you can do the it... birthday spread with it. <laughs> that would work. They, well, they call it tonic tonic immobility. Uh, yeah, tonic immobility. You have to overstimulate the electroreceptors, oh, which okay. then puts I the could shark. Do that. I'm sure you could. Yeah. It puts the shark in. Although it's obviously there is a certain amount of peril. There's a certain amount oh, of jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, there was a great scene where um, he was dressed in chain mail, uh, Mike Tyson, and they were about to lower him into the water uh, with the shark. That's not a good I, idea, surely. Well, I, well, apparently. Well, it looked like chain mail, and they called it chain mail. Yeah. Um, but one assumes it was a sort of slightly lighter version. But he was. Uh, he was he threw up as they were about oh. to yeah if you want to yeah. see Mike Tyson um, chucking up you'll see him on the Discovery Channel yeah. um, but basically he, he throws up just slightly into this bucket nice. and then they put the chain mail on him and his guide the guy who describes himself as his corner man uh, a bloke called Paul de Gelder, who is a shark expert, mm. uh, he tells us the useful information. Let's hope he doesn't panic in his mask and then drown in his own vomit. <laughs> well, let's that, hope. Uh, Didn't yeah. he work well, in yes. horse racing, Paul de Gelder? Very good. Not very, very popular good. among the horses, was he? <laughs> Not here he at comes, all. here comes Paul de Gelder. Brace yourself. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Anyway. anyway, so he says, let's hope he doesn't panic there mm. uh, and then vomit in his mask and drown 
down in his own vomit, yeah. that would be a terrible way to go. And I thought, yeah, it would really. I mean, that's fair. That it's is very like, much fair. It's not like drifting off in your sleep, is it? Certainly. No, very much fair comment. And it reminded me a little bit of um, Spinal Tap. You know, he drowned in vomit, not his own, but somebody else's. Yeah, yeah, of course. One of the many um, drummers. Um, so, yes. Martin, it, it was. I, I say so I watched about forty minutes, and I just thought, no, life's too short. I just couldn't watch anymore. Mike was. It looked like Mike didn't want a great deal to do with it. Like he did it to. I think like he'd done it to sort of pay somebody. I just, yes. He wanted. He'd, he'd done it because uh, Bill had just come in, or he had to repair his car, or one of his mansions <laughs> needed doing up. He had that feel of something, and he didn't think he didn't like the water. He didn't like the sharks. He didn't actually seem that keen on any of the production <laughs> staff or no. Paul the Gelder, did he? No, I think that's absolutely fair comment. I mean, in in uh, in fairness to the Discovery Channel, if you'd like looking at pictures of sharks, yeah, um, there were some great scenes of sharks off the Bahamas. Yeah, but as you correctly say, nothing much of Mike Tyson. What I did think was interesting was Paul de Gelder, his uh, his man, was sort of guiding him mm. uh, and said, uh, half the battle in the ocean is being confident. And I thought, well, this is great coming from a man missing one arm and missing one leg. Yeah. You know, mm. the guy's, That's the true. guy's got... The guy's got two artificial limbs. Yeah. Um, you know, fair dues to him. Shark related, as he, he told you the story, didn't he, really? I mean, mm. he gave him a newfound respect. He said, but I, I, I'd always had that respect, really. I, did, I didn't need a Yes, I need for a somebody who messes around with sharks. The, the online yeah. edition of the Indian Express, because I've been looking at yes. says that uh, basically the headline was, Mike Tyson fighting a shark is a must-see. It's it never it, happened. Maybe there's not much on that that <laughs> evening in Kolkata, but it, it, certainly where I was, it was a don't bother watching the end of Martin. Now I think uh, it was. Yes. There's been other fine TV this mm. week uh, on the on the uh, on council TV, as you called it. We had Liverpool the 30-year wait, didn't we? Yes, a lot of comments on. Um, I mean, to be honest, there's been a, an awful lot of Schadenfreude going round. Uh, the well-known German midfielder. Yeah, but that, that, that has been a lot of shadow. You know, people saying, well, what are they talking about, the 30-year wait? You know, they've won uh, European Champions Leagues, they've yeah. won FA Cups, they've won League Cups. You know, if you support a team that really has been waiting for 30 years for anything, mm. really, um, you, yes, you, you, you find Liverpool as you the 30-year wait. But uh, it was a great programme. I thought it was well put together. And the thing about Liverpool, it is a fantastic story. You know, just purely from a journalistic point of view because you've had uh, all right there have been a lot of documentaries about Liverpool but you do have 1985 and Heysel you've got 1989 and Hillsborough and and the battle that's gone on since Hillsborough and all that uh, and you've got that you know the ill-fated experiment of Roy Evans and uh, Gerard Houllier yeah uh, you've got a lot of there's a lot there um, and there are a lot of uh, celebrity Liverpool fans that you can bring in all the people you wanted to hear from were there uh, including Sue Johnston, oh, yeah. who I've s- seen on about three or, you know, she used to be in the royal family, the, yeah, the yeah, mom in the royal family. Great actress, really like her, great comic timing. Mm. But these days she seems to have, as far as I can see, because I've, I've seen her at least three documentaries about Liverpool. She seems to have given up acting mainly to appear in documentaries about Liverpool. <laughs> which, you know, but she is she is good value. Yeah. And I, th- I thought it was uh, it was a decent show. I thought it was well put yeah. together. They mm. obviously had the footage. And as I say, all right, it's a little bit irritating if you've got a team that has been really had a 30-year wait uh, because apart from not winning the Premier League over that period, they have won lots of stuff. Um, slightly, slightly annoying. Uh, okay. But not 
Fine not, not the best football documentary of the week, which has to be the Netflix show. And I suspect you've discussed this a fair bit. Well, yeah. we both uh, watched it. Yeah. I've watched Interestingly, two and a half. It's compelling and fascinating. Yeah, with yeah. a bit of distance on it, Martin, as a man with no skin in the game, because obviously Andy mm. has got his Jose watching, mm. uh, and, and I'm watching it from a Spurs point of view. But what have you made of it? Well, if you like swearing, um, <laughs> well, and, you, and, you, and you feel it's big and it's clever, uh, there was an awful lot of it in there. Yes, um, I'm trying to work not quite as foul-mouthed as uh, David Moyes. If you ever watch a West Ham match with the uh, with no crowd noise, oh, okay, um, it's, he's memorably foul-mouthed. Um, but <laughs> I thought this. I thought as somebody, as you say, with no skin in the game, hmm. uh, I thought you know the tension between uh, Pochettino and Daniel Levy. I thought was all uh, very well done, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, a lot of people I, wanted more from Pochettino, but I, I think you can. It's difficult with these sort of documentaries because there's basically the club are involved. It's always yeah. going to be slightly sanitised, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it is, and they and they are they are glossy. The Manchester City one was very glossy as well. Uh, the Barcelona one, so you expect that. But I thought as these programs go, it was a good one. You know, it was well done. Not as interesting as Sunderland Till I Die, mm. uh, where <clears throat> you know clearly you've got the uh, you've got more of a more of a story there. But there were plenty of good storylines. You know, the hangover from the uh, from the Champions League. Mm. I thought that was brilliant. And um, just watching uh, and remembering matches that you've seen well I mean obviously you as a Spurs fan uh, Paul would be more familiar with all of them but I'd forgotten I went to that West Ham match which was really 3-0 for Spurs we scored two very late goals yeah, yeah. Um, but good to see them again that was through the West Ham prism yeah. uh, yes. I've got, have you seen Phoenix Rising Rising, Rising King, Phoenix Rising Phoenix yeah. I beg your pardon that's, that's well worth watching a, a brilliant Perry Groves talking about it it's about uh, the, 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 the Paralympic movement. It's brilliantly shot. I've not seen that. It's on Netflix. It's very good, Martin. Yeah, you'll enjoy that. It's a quality piece of work. And uh, talking of thirty for thirty, I was telling the listeners yesterday. I watched the Michael Vick two part one. Oh, I've seen. I've seen. It's good, isn't it? It is. It's absolutely brilliant. Just one point I wanted to make. Yeah. Uh, I watched a documentary on the um, on BBC Four about the Yorkshire Ripper, Hmm. which I thought was quite interesting because it looked back at you know how it affected people's lives and particularly women's lives in Yorkshire yeah. at the time and a lot of the scenes were shot you know fairly close to here but what's what gets me is I've talked already about uh, when they warn when they apologize for a bit of swearing if there's a bit of swearing in a football match they always apologize the other thing they're doing and they're doing it on the news a lot as well some of you may find uh, some of these scenes in the following program upsetting and I thought well, if you're sitting down to watch a documentary about a man who murdered 13 uh, women in the most terrible terrible way yeah. uh, and they're warning you you might find some scenes upsetting what sort of a numpty are you who <laughs> sit true. down thinking you know writing a letter of complaint yeah. I found some of these things upsetting that's a good and they, point Martin yeah, yeah and they do it on the news as well you know mm. if you think you can't handle a story about an earthquake you know, don't watch it. But yeah, I know, seems... but everybody's become so risk-averse, so it's much easier oh. to do these little warnings yeah. than not do it, and then afterwards people say, well, why didn't you say anything, you know? So yeah, that's why we, we, we end up with all this. 
Have well, you been situation. Martin? Do you oh, know, have, you, have you been following the the rugby league uh, as well? I have. I have yeah. been following the rugby league. Tremendous fact, game last night, wasn't it? Really? Yes, it was. Thirty all at half time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They've changed the rules. There's no scrums, and the game doesn't slow down. I mean, it was a very fast game anyway, rugby mm. league. But they they just hand the ball over if there's uh, uh, you know if there's some sort of infringement, which means it just goes on uh, and on, and it's people get teams get so tired. What you ha- what you're having at the moment is quite artificially high scores and they're also playing a lot of matches yeah loads of matches i know there's a piece about rugby union you know saying it's a mistake because you get injuries and everything if you try and cram too many matches and i think it might be one of the things that's happening with rugby league but it does make for fantastic entertainment yeah some big turnarounds in games again last night you know castle for 18 nil down we've seen a lot of those it's been good it's been very good yeah brilliant martin look you're you're back this weekend i take it on uh, talk sport and talk radio overnight Totally. I'd just like to warn people some of the scenes they may find upsetting, <laughs> but I am I'm from one till five. Hey, and I gather I got into Clips of the Month, I was told. Clips of the, yeah, you did. Oh, yeah, you certainly did. did. Clips of the Month. Well, you, you went to the final. You, you were basically <laughs> close to winning it. With, with that. It's an odd clip. Can we play it to Martin? Is that at all possible? We got if you could play it, because I've never heard quickly. it. It's, we can maybe tell us. It's almost like the director's cut. You can tell us what happened, because it sounds to us like you completely lost interest. <laughs> lost the plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just it does happen in you the middle of the night. You yeah. sort of fizzle yeah, out. You sort Martin. of gave up. Yeah, we just we don't quite know yeah. what happened. But it so, might be tricky. Um, I think this is going to be difficult bit, to find yeah. it. I tell you yes. what, we, no we did dump it on them a little no, bit. No, no, a bit unfair. We've got to move on. Yeah, as we well. Well. Let's, we'll do yeah. it next okay. week. Martin. No worries. We'll catch yeah, up. Yeah, do. I'd be I'd be interested to find out exactly how I lost it. I think it was the internet went down, but the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. You have been telling us this afternoon about getting a survey from the stars um, sporting or otherwise most of them have been sporting thankfully because Goodney Bergson who's not just the president of the Icelandic FA the former Bolton and Spurs defender but also uh, a working lawyer so mm. you could have wandered in off the street needing somebody from the legal profession and being faced with one of your former players if you're a Bolton or Spurs fan uh, some people have uh, used it as an excuse to have a pop at former players such as Clogs who says I walked into a corner shop in Heighton near Liverpool to buy a bar of dairy milk and was served by Jeff McNulty as an Evertonian even I wasn't starstruck which is a bit harsh and along those lines um, this was ex-Ashford Town stalwart centre-back Peter McRobert a legend in the town he was a pallbearer at a funeral I attended I commented to him that his lack of pace was ideal for the job <laughs> Steve yeah, Steve Cruss is no need for that um, yes I bought DIY supplies <laughs> I bet he just thought that but he never said that to <laughs> I bought DIY supplies from uh, Phil Thompson and we had his own shop in Kirby, says Alan. It freaked me out. Uh, I had a holiday book by Jon Snow, the Sussex fast bowler, not the Channel 4 uh, <laughs> journalist, says Big Al in Crawley. <laughs> Uh, what else have we got here? Um, any more of those? Uh, blum, blum, blum. Yes, I had my breakfast served to me by the former Manchester United and Chelsea player, Jim McCallioch, as oh, he owns yeah. a beautiful Sheffield B&B well. in Ayrshire. So uh, thanks for all of those. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. So there we are. That was this afternoon's show. And as a little added bonus, we've got an extra clip for you from Fisherman's Blues, uh, Andy. Do you want to set it up? Yes, it's uh, Nigel talking about the great Ivan Marks and Ian Heath. Oh, yeah, of course. Ivan Marks and Ian Heaps winning matches on the Trent with Bleak. I mean, winning matches with three pounds of Bleak. I don't know how many that 
bleak that would be maybe a thousand bleak or something. <laughs> Sounds a bit bleak to me. <laughs> there we are. Sounds a bit bleak to me. Uh, so, <laughs> so there we are. Uh, we're back on Monday from one. And thanks ever so much for listening. We'll catch up with you then. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.